0: And welcome back to The X-Zone. My name is Rob McConnell, and you know, as uh, B.J. Thomas is hooked on a feeling, many people are hooked on reality TV. But according to my guest this hour, Dr. Robin Odegaard, uh, who's better known and lovingly as Doc Robin... She says reality TV brings out the worst in viewers, including gossiping, backstabbing, and catfighting. Joining me now is Dr. Robin Odegard, who is a passionate, a person about showing everyone how they can achieve the most from their potential. And uh, Doc Robin, welcome to the X Zone.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Tell me, Doc Robin, what is it with? with these so-called reality shows that that has people glued to their TV sets. You know, and I can understand how it brings out the worst in people because I get totally aggravated just listening to them.
2: <laughs> well, and you're right. And it's fun to watch other people be engaged in a train wreck. People really mm-hmm. enjoy that. The problem is, is that they see this behavior and they see people getting ahead using this type of behavior where they're mean to each other and, Look at things like Survivor. The person yeah. who's the most backstabbing, the most horrible, wins a million dollars. And as human beings, we learn through observation. So we're observing success through being horrible to each other. And I believe that it's creating an epidemic of people treating each other badly.
0: You know, I, when you watch a so-called reality TV, which in my opinion is anything else but reality, you've got people mm-hmm. who are bidding on garbage and and lockers. Uh, you've got, you've got dog the bounty hunter. You've got Judge Judy. You've got Jerry Springer of all people. Trash television, and people get glued to their TV sets.
2: Yes, they absolutely do. You're right. And I wonder sometimes if it's because people feel like, oh, I can watch these people mm-hmm. and their lives are worse than mine, and it makes me feel good about myself.
0: Wow. What does that tell us about society, Doctor?
2: Well, I believe that it tells us that. We need to be learning something more effective, and we need more. Turn off the TV mm-hmm. and go outside. Yeah. there's reality out there. I hear.
0: You know what? I, I think there is. I, I really believe there is. And and the aspect where you were where you, where you were saying that you know people see lives that are worse than ours, I, I can understand that because in today's society, with all the pressure and all of the negative things that one goes through on a daily basis, I guess it is nice for some people to look back and say, geez, you know what? I, I don't have it that bad after all.
2: Right, and there's some, there are some reality TV uh, shows that show that, that mm-hmm. show people that are in a bad, worse situation than you are. Yeah. The flip side of that is, is then there are reality TV shows that show people living in such the lap of luxury that it makes oh, gosh, yeah. us peons feel like, oh, what am I doing wrong? If that's reality and that's normal, how can Mm -hmm. I possibly be living in this tiny little two-bedroom townhouse?
0: And and who says crime doesn't pay, right?
2: Exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Although I did see an article recently that said in the United States, it's not worth it to rob a bank because the average person only comes out with less than $5,000. If you're going to rob a bank, you should do so in Europe. You get more money there.
0: Oh, my gosh. Now, now there's there's food for thought, isn't there? Uh, some of the uh, you, you've got uh, shows like Gene Simmons, and you've got other shows like um, what's that one? Hoarders, and then you've got these people who have a TV show because they bake cakes. You know, like is is part of the problem, Doctor? Now that there are so many channels that the programmers just have to put something on there to to block the dead air that these so-called and very inexpensive reality TV shows are filling up the slots.
2: I think that that's certainly one way to look at it, that it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And I do know that people who are on these reality shows, if they refuse to engage in the drama and the nonsense and whatever, they'll be removed from the TV show. They'll say, oh, we, you are no longer of interest to our viewers.
0: Wow. Doctor, you well, and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes And uh, Exxon, uh, we'll come back and speak more about this uh, and other topics here with Dr. Odegaard, who's known as Doc Robin. If you'd like more information, two websites, www.champperformance.com and www.stopthedramanow.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. On the Talk Star Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable, and right around the world on our broadcast affiliates. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover Old Florida Cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Explanation Doctor, Robin Odegaard is our special guest, and we're talking about, oh, amongst other things reality TV brings out the worst in viewers. And um, Doc, you were in in the corporate world and then you decided to leave it after 14 years, go back to school and to start the speaking consulting business, Champion Performance Development. Why?
2: Well, I had a really interesting thing happen when I was working in the corporate world. I was always one of those people that everybody came to for advice. They would show up in my office and tell me all their problems and and I always said, if mm-hmm. I could make a living giving advice, I'd, I'd be well off. And then one day I had this incident where a manager came in and with him, he brought an employee who was sobbing. She was crying so hard she could not breathe. And the manager said to me, can you talk to her? Her boyfriend just held a gun to her head for two hours.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: And he left her in my office
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I did, I talked to her and I discussed with her how she ended up in this place and how she ended up in a place where she felt like it was okay for her to be in a relationship with a man who treated her that way. And through the course of that, I didn't realize the time, but looking back on it, that was really a watershed moment for me where I realized, yes, I'm good at working in technology and yes, I make a good living working with computers, but I am missing my calling for helping people be successful and get the most from their potential and achieve the most from their lives by working with computers. And that was kind of the moment that I said, I'm going to go back to school and get my degrees and do something different with my life.
0: You've coined uh, certain terms, uh, one being communication fingerprint. Uh, what is that?
2: A communication fingerprint is the unique way that every individual uses language. Mm-hmm. If you listen to the way people use language, it's very different from one area of the country to another, one area of the world. And you're most like the people closest to you. So your fingerprint most resembles the people in your family. They're the people that you're least likely to have a miscommunication with. And think thinking about how many miscommunications do you have with them anyway. When you add someone to the mix who then has a communication fingerprint, that's very different. They use language very differently from you. The chance of miscommunication goes up.
0: Is there a difference between a male communication fingerprint and a female communication fingerprint?
2: Absolutely, and especially the way that we handle disagreement and conflict. For a man, the way that men are brought up to handle conflict mm-hmm. is very much winner or loser. He who wins gets his way. He who loses shuts up. I'm sure you've observed that kind of behavior where guys will get behind the winner and they just they go forward, whatever yeah, that means. Exactly. But women, we're not, we're not trained that way. We're not trained in that mentality. Instead, we're trained that we have to work as a group and as a team. And so we end up in this situation where there's never a winner or a loser. There's just this constant, she said, no, she said, oh, well, but wait, you're my friend. You can't be friends with her. And you end up with this gossip cycle that I call firestorming.
0: In your opinion, which technique is better, the way the guys do it or the way the gals do it?
2: I think neither way is better. I think they're both ineffective mm-hmm. and that productive conflict on, in either case is the better option. And I'll explain productive conflict. What that means is discussing the issues, the feelings, the facts in the situation and coming to a resolution and then moving forward because neither the male or female dominant way of doing it is actually as effective as it could be.
0: In your opinion, uh, Doc Robin, what can men do to better to be better leaders than women?
2: Well, not better leaders than women, of women, I think, is the, is the question, because men now do have to lead women so often, and they lead women like they are men, oh, and, and we, it just, it's just not as effective.
0: I, you know, in the corporate world, there are a lot of ladies that lead men. That's why I asked the question I, I, the way I did.
2: So how men can be better leaders than women? Well,
0: that's right because if you've got a CEO of a, of a of a corporation that is a woman, how can the men who must be doing something wrong in the eyes of the board of directors or the the owners better themselves? Is 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 there something that they can do? Is there something that they should watch? Is there something they should learn?
2: Well, it's interesting that the way that you're saying that, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow up with it a little bit to okay. make sure I understand your question, because it sounds to me like you're saying if a woman is leading, then a man must have done something wrong, that he's not leading. Did I misunderstand your, your implication?
0: Not not really. Uh, what, what I meant was that if a woman is a CEO of a company, or let's say mm-hmm. the Queen of England, she is the head of the <laughs> royal monarchy, you've right. got... Prince Charles, uh, or Prince Philip, who is by her side. He can never get past her because of the way the monarchy is has been set up. And yet there was Margaret Thatcher, who was the Prime Minister of England at one time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the entire country followed her until she was voted out. So I'm sure there are many corporations in Canada. For example, Sleep Country Canada is run by Chris, uh, a young lady. Alexanian Carpet is run by a, a lady. How can the men working in the woman's world better themselves? Because, oh, okay. because in, in the corporate world, it's knowing that if you get a woman into a place of authority, more women come in and more men go out.
2: Um, I don't know that there's actually scientific evidence that men go out when women come in. But to your point, the way that men can make sure that they're effectively working in an mm. environment with a female leader is to make sure that the conversations are being had are open and honest and straightforward because if they try to use the winner-loser mentality that they typically use, that's going to turn women off.
0: But do you think there's place in the workplace where these two different attitudes should outrank the other? Shouldn't there be a common ground where at work this is the way to play games instead of because you're a woman or because you're a man?
2: You are absolutely right. And yes, when I work in corporations, when corporations bring me in, Mm -hmm. we don't look at it as, oh, it's the man's world, oh, it's the woman's world. Definitely not. We look at it as we want to succeed in business and what's the most effective way to do that. And the most effective way is by creating a team communication fingerprint. That is a way that we as a team, whether it's the organization or the board of directors or whoever they are, handle conflict, deal with disagreement, get the best ideas to the top, and move forward.
0: What is what are, what in your opinion what is the main reason that you are brought into a company to uh, to use your expertise?
2: I'm usually brought in for one of two reasons. One reason is that the company recognizes that communication and conflict resolution is key, critical to success. Mm-hmm. And they bring me in because they want to get from 98% to 99%. They realize that that tiny edge is what makes them different from their their competition. So I get brought in for that. The other reason I get brought in is the other end of the spectrum, which is the place is such a disaster. They've reached rock bottom and started digging, and they just don't know what else to do. And so they call me and say, Mayday, help, me, help us out. Mm. So those are kind of the two reasons I get brought in.
0: How do you find the employees... Um accept the, the new concepts that you're bringing in? And is it a hard process to, to implement these systems into the workplace?
2: It is not a hard concept. It's not that challenging. I find that employees kind of view me the way that the CEO views me. If the person at the top views me as, oh, we're so broken, she's going to fix us, then mm-hmm. people try to view me as I'm the person with all the answers, and I'm not the person with the answers. I do have ideas, I have solutions, but how their culture works is theirs and they have to teach me that. And that if the CEO thinks, this person's coming in, she's going to give us great ideas and help us move forward, then that's kind of what I get as well. So it really depends upon what the leader thinks.
0: one 610 7035 worldwide toll-free email, xon at xonradiotv.com on MSN Messenger. Exone Radio TV at hotmail.com and our website www.exoneradio TV.com. My guest this hour is Doc Robin Odegaard. She is a lady who um, kind of helps people better communicate, not only in the corporate world, but in the everyday workplace. And uh, a couple of websites here www.champperformance.com uh, and dot www. Stop the drama now.com. Stop the drama now.com sounds like, ah, oh, come on, get off, get on with life, Nancy. Stop your sniffing and away you go.
2: It's so funny that you say that because I actually started this Stop the Drama campaign because I felt like the skills I was teaching in the corporate world mm-hmm. needed to be taught sooner. And why wait till someone's in corporate to give them these great skills? skills to succeed, teach them at the high school and college level. So the Stop the Drama campaign was started as a way for me to be, I do public speaking at high schools, colleges, universities, corporate events. And it's for me, that's kind of for the, the younger generation for me to say, stop the drama. Let's learn how to communicate effectively. So they have the skills when they show up in the corporate world.
0: I don't know. I know a number of adults who certainly could use the saying, stop the drama now. Um, how, how do you find kids in school and in the, on the university circuit to take your, your, your concept about better working communications within the company and preparing yourselves for the future?
2: They love it, especially if they're involved in any kind of sports team Uh or if they're on a club like a sorority or that kind of thing. They love the idea of we can achieve more together by using these skills. It's been really widely successful.
0: At what age, in your opinion, should children be taught or people be taught how to better communicate? And why isn't communication actually taught within the classroom?
2: That is a fabulous question. And I am of the opinion that people seem to think it's kind of like driving. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks they're good at it. Nobody really is.
0: Ha. Yeah, I agree and, with you there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we think that because we can talk, we can communicate, mm-hmm. and we stop teaching people how to do it when they're about five. Okay, they can talk. They're fine. Um, and, and instead what we need to do is as adults, we need to be modeling really good effective communication skills. For younger children, children tiny, not even speaking yet, because the skills they learn are the skills they'll use. And I don't want to have to unteach them the skills they learned when they were five by the time they get to be fifteen or twenty or forty-five. Or Doc
0: Robin, you and I have to take a commercial break with the news. Please stand by. Exonation. Doc Robin is our special guest. drama now and www.champperformance.com My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back on the other side of the news as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
1: This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network,
0: Welcome back everyone. This is the X-Zone. My name's Rob McConnell. Coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. one 800 610 7035 Worldwide Toll free. Email X-Zone at XZoneRadio dot com. On MSN Messenger, XZoneRadioTV TV at hotmail dot com. And our website ww.exonradio TV dot com. Dr. Robin Odegaard is my special guest. She's known as Doc Robin. And uh, we're talking about Stop the Drama. I'm telling you. Stop it now. The website is www.stopthedrama.now and www.champperformance.com. Dr. Robin, before we went to the break, we were talking about teaching children how to, uh, to use your, your system in order that they can better prepare themselves for the future. And I think this is one thing that the educational system is not doing now. We're not getting our children ready to face life as it really is. Now, how can moms and dads listening tonight better communicate or better teach their children how to communicate in order to prepare for the future?
2: That's a really great question, and one of the things that I often recommend parents do is if they come to the website you just gave, mm-hmm. stopthedramanow.com, and they can download the seven no-fail secrets to stop the drama and the nine secrets to great teamwork, and those are skills that I teach when I speak, when I work in corporate, when I go to schools to help people engage in effective communication and productive conflict. And if parents can even take just one of those ideas and incorporate it into the way that they communicate with each other and with their children, their children will stop to start to pick it up over time.
0: Why do you think that there's so much conflict in the world today we have conflicts in schools we have conflict at work we have conflict road rage on the way to work we've got conflict on television we have world conflict in crisis what's going on
2: well I think part of it is is that we aren't teaching people how to how to effectively manage their emotions It seems like feelings has become the f word you're not allowed to say it say it anymore
1: mm-hmm.
2: and But feelings are what run our lives. They are what makes us make the decisions that we make. Not logic, not facts, feelings. And people aren't taught to manage those feelings as effectively as they could be. That's one part of it. The second part of it is is we're now a 24-7 society. It used to be if a kid was bullied at school, when they went home, it ended. Now, with Facebook and Twitter and texting and all that stuff. It doesn't end. It goes on. And that happens with work too. How many people do you know that actually stop working at five o'clock?
0: No one that I know.
2: Right. And so it doesn't end. You don't have that, that time to step away. And that's why I teach people to know when to take an emotional time out from a disagreement or from a conversation. Know when you're reaching the point that the conversation is going downhill and don't go with it. Take a break.
0: Walk yeah. away. Yeah. I, I always know when a conversation is going downhill with my wife when I get the look. <laughs> and that is my cue. And you have a warning, right? Oh, yeah. I get the look. The next step is the hands on the hips. And I know by that point, oops, I went a little bit too far. So what I do is I go over and I give her a big hug and say, I love you, honey. <laughs>
2: Hey, you guys have a plan in place. You have a communication fingerprint that's
0: working. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You see, you see, I I realized many years ago the two words that can make any marriage in the world successful. Yes, dear. And they're yes, yes dear. <laughs> Mind you,
2: as long as you don't say it sarcastically.
0: Oh, you see, I told that to a friend once, and he says, "Well, I got two better words," and that really threw me off. I said, "Well, what are they?" He said, "Jack Daniels."
2: Oh, no, no, no. Self-medication is never the plan. (laughs) I agree
0: with you, and I like my way better because, you know, you need something at times to break the tension, and there's nothing better than hugging a person because that's the last thing they expect. Mind you, I really think my wife gets mad at me now, so I do give her that hug. Hmm, food for thought. Maybe you
2: should hug her more often, just randomly.
0: Oh, yeah. We do a lot of that. My gosh, six kids and seven grandchildren. Yeah, we do a lot of that. That's Uh, good. You, you touched briefly on the electronic uh, gizmos, and you see, I'm I'm one that I think that you shouldn't have these electronic toys in school. I don't believe that when you're at home, you should bring your 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 iPhone or your iPad or whatever you're do, you know whatever gizmo you have to the supper table. When you know, I I think that we as society have let these devices overtake our lives. And
2: we are losing the art of yeah. interpersonal communication directly. I think
0: I agree with you, Doctor, and you can see that just by the way, you know, L uh, O L L A, what is it, L M A O, and all these little acronyms. What are they going to do when they get to work?
2: Well, and that's something you see is that when when students show up in the workplace, mm-hmm. they don't know how to write a professional email.
0: Now that's scary.
2: Yeah, they haven't been taught how to do that. And you know it, it, that's scary because you think mm-hmm. about it 20 years ago, nobody had to write a professional email for anything. Yeah, that's right. Like, that's a separate problem. <laughs> but we aren't learning to communicate directly with each other. And I do encourage my clients, do not have important conversations via text yep. and via email. In the very least, pick up the
0: phone. I, I, I've used this example a hundred times, doctor. My sister-in-law, Calls her family to supper in the same house by texting them.
2: (laughs) She must have a really big house. Does she live like in Buckingham Palace or something? Oh,
0: heavens. You know, whatever happened, my mom used to use the best method of all. She'd holler, supper's ready.
2: I lived on a, on a farm. My dad had a big bell outside. He would <laughs> ring it. You knew when that rang. You better come yeah. running. Or you, there'd be no food left. There were eight of us.
0: <laughs> well, my goodness. My goodness. So it seems that not only are we losing the ability to communicate, but the communication world and the world of communication technology is also hindering us from this communication under the guise of, well, now you can text, now you can talk, now you can do this, that, and the other thing. And sometimes I think that these devices are going to pose a very serious problem in the future. For example, what would happen if the polls did shift? And we lost all our satellites. We lost all our navigational equipment. How would corporate America or corporate Canada succeed without all these electronic gimmicks?
2: Well, if you think of just it on a tiny scale, do you remember, it's been a few years back now, when that big power outage hit mm, the East Coast area? I sure do. you sure remember do. the disaster that created?
0: I certainly do. And that's going back, let me see, it's uh, 2010, no, 2004. Eight, 2000, two, 2006, I believe it was. It was, uh, you know, it was terrible. Like, we didn't have any power for five days. Mm-hmm. You know, so that meant, exactly. we. you know... I was happy, mind you. You know, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't work for five days. I was at home, and you know, but you had no power. You had no TV. You had very little radio. Um, you had um, you know, the refrigerator didn't work. You, the a lot of spoiled foods, and I. I remember kids were going crazy because they couldn't watch TV.
2: Right, and and the business communication mm-hmm. was down, and the challenges yeah. that created of oh, I can't email someone, and then cell phones started dying, and you couldn't call people. and So you you hit on a very good point. What is this technology doing? Not only to our ability to communicate physically, like how do we actually use the the communication, but then how do we use the language? And
0: I'm, I'm just wondering, Doctor, is anyone teaching our youth and corporate America what they could do in the eventuality that this does happen, because this is a this is a real possibility.
2: You know, I don't think that, I mean, as far as I know, there are no contingency plans in place. If devices don't mm-hmm. work, then what? You know, there are people such as myself that are teaching them how to communicate directly person to person. That's one thing.
0: What is the hardest thing, or the hardest, well, let's call it the hardest thing, that you have to change in a person when it comes to teaching them how to communicate better.
2: You know, the funny thing about that is the hardest thing I find to teach people Mm -hmm. is something that toddlers do naturally. What's a toddler's favorite question? Why? Exactly. They recognize that you can't know why something happens unless you ask. That's right. And so a toddler will ask why incessantly. That's right. As humans, as adults, we stop asking and we start making it up. Mm. And the best example I can give you is if someone is driving and they do something Mm -hmm. that they cut you off, they run a light, whatever. The first thing that you think is that that person is stupid or they're an idiot. Yeah. And that is making up why. And when we make up why we make up something that's personal and permanent. When reality is probably something that's neutral and time specific short term. Such as? So, well, for example, let's say someone runs a red light. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was just distracted for that moment by her toddler in the back seat asking why. She's not <laughs> stupid. She's not an idiot. She's just gonna be better by the time she gets to the next light.
0: That's true. That's true.
2: <laughs> you know? So the thing I have to teach people is to stop making up why stop pretending they can observe why something happens mm-hmm. why someone does something and start asking the question
0: so i guess it's a
2: it's interesting
0: i guess it's a matter of getting back into reality again where we started off with reality tv and how it was anything else but real and i guess we have to be more real with ourselves and more honest with ourselves and ask the questions that allow us to get the answers why yes.
2: Exactly. We're so quick, even with ourselves, to make up stuff. It's mm-hmm. amazing to me how often I'll sit with a client and the, the thing that they bring to me first off, when I start actually asking questions and getting into it, that's not even the thing. That's the issue.
1: Hmm.
0: So once again, going back to good old Shakespeare, to thine own self be true. And if you can't be true with yourself, I would imagine that this is a major stumbling block when it comes to better communication with others.
2: Right. What I tell people is if you don't know how you're feeling, you're never going to be able to explain it to someone else.
0: Is Is there an average age that, that you've observed over the years that need better communication skills than other age groups?
2: You know, I think that communication is one of those things that it makes us human. It's something you have to do. Unless you're going to be a monk and sit in a cave somewhere, you need to be able to communicate. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't say that there's an age where it's more important than another age because I think it's uh-huh. so relevant.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's cute. I love that. I could just, just see this little Buddhist monk sitting in a cave somewhere. Oh, heavens.
2: He doesn't <laughs> have to communicate with anyone but himself. And, yeah. you know, best of luck to him with that.
0: What are are some of the feedback that you get from your clients when they actually start implementing what you're teaching and they, for themselves, see the improvements and how better as a team they can work and communicate?
2: Well, the first thing that my clients start to see is the change in the environment where they're trying to fix the problem, Mm -hmm. which is either at their sports team or at work or whatever. They'll start to say, oh, you know, we're having so much less backstabbing or we're seeing so much less conflict or Mm -hmm. we're seeing less time wasted on miscommunication. Those are kind of the first kind of things they see is that in the environment they're seeing it. But then I'll start, I start getting emails after a while. Hey, you know, I used your skills with my mom and you know what? It made our, our discussion better. We had a conversation, not a confrontation. And, That is really rewarding to me when I start, when I realize that they can implement the skills outside of the environment where I taught them.
0: How hard is it to change a conversation, a confrontation to a conversation?
2: You know, it really depends upon how early you catch it. Mm -hmm. If you go into something willing to have a conversation and you work at it and you control your emotions and you manage it, it can stay that way. Once it becomes a confrontation, it's a lot harder to turn it around.
0: Doc Robin, you're one great lady. Please stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exonation. Doc Robin Odegaard is our special guest. She's got a book out. It's called Stop the Drama, the Ultimate Guide to Female Teams. A couple of websites, www.champperformance.com and www.stopthedramanow.com. Doc Robin and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break. As the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios in beautiful, sunny, warm, for a change, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'll be back. Don't go away.
1: This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world.
0: And welcome back, everyone. That song was for Ed Shiflet, the COO of the Talkstar Radio Network. Ed and I... uh... Let's see. Ed, you and I started working in two thousand four. Long time, buddy, and every time I think of you, I think of playing that song. So there you go, Ed Shiflet, Head honcho under Victor Ives, the head cheese at the Talkstar Radio Network. My guest, this hour exonation, has been a lady that I I I take my hat off to her for the great work that she's doing. Robin Odegaard. Uh, She is the author of Stop the Drama, The Ultimate Guide to Female Teams. She has two websites, www.champperformance.com and www.stopthedramanow.com. And anybody who does anything positive to make this world a better place to live in my books gets a hat's off. And Doc Robin, thank you very much. My hat is off to you. Do you have any more books coming out?
2: Um, I'm hoping to get some more books out for corporate and for men's Mm -hmm. teams and that kind of thing. It's on the list, but you know how the list is.
0: Yeah, I sure do. One thing comes off, seven things go on. Uh, Doc, what would you like to leave the members of the XO Nation with tonight?
2: Well, the thing I would love for them to take away from this is that you have the power to control your world, the Mm -hmm. way you use language, the way you interact with people, and no one can take that away from you. So the more powerfully you use language, the more successful you'll be that's been proven over and over. So take the time to learn to use language powerfully and make a difference.
0: You know, I remember my mom telling me something when I was a little boy many years ago. The tongue is mightier than the sword.
2: Absolutely, exactly. And people are much better at going out and verbally confronting someone in a nasty way than they are at being positive about it and it's so much more effective to use positive yeah. uh, productive conflict
0: and here's an idea XO Nation. instead of texting pick up the phone dial the number and actually say hello <laughs> you know i think it would exactly. be that would work great uh, doc robin give our listeners your websites one more time please
2: all right so i blog on Champ performance.com. That's two P's in the middle, champperformance.com. And then they can learn about the Stop the Drama campaign at stopthedramanow.com.
0: Dr. Robin, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I wish you continued success and thanks for doing the great things that you're doing to help this world communicate better.
2: Thanks so much for having me and I plan to go out and change the world. That's my goal in life.
0: Well, we'll be there to help you if you need our help.
2: Thanks
0: so much. Bye-bye, Doc Robin. Exonation once again, Doc Robin Odegaard has been my guest this hour. She's the author of Stop the Drama, The Ultimate Guide to Female Teams, www.champperformance.com and www.stopthedramanow.com. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exon. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. We'll be back after the news.